You are now listening to Den of Thieves taught by Pastor Randall Crawford Sr. Please visit our website at BethelHouseOfTruth.org to listen to more messages like this one. Again, that is BethelHouseOfTruth.org. Enjoy today's message and God bless you. Good morning. I want to welcome you all to Bethel House of Truth this Sunday service. Praise be to Yahweh and Yahshua in the highest. Amen. All right. Den of Thieves. Den of Thieves. Christ spoke about it. There's a lot of churches, pastors, reverends, bishops, whatever you want to call them, okay? Apostles, whatever you want to call them, that steal from the people, okay? They steal from what they claim to be a house of God, okay? Now, I've had throughout the years several pastors who steal say to me, how could you be speaking on something like this? Because I speak on this a lot, okay? I am not for falsehood churches at all. We, they were like, we supposed to stick together. No, I stick with God, okay? I'm trying to make heaven. They don't like when I say that either. But the thing is, it's wrong. It's completely wrong. It's completely against everything that Christ said to do, that God said to do. It's against the code of God, okay? God's not a thief. God's not a robber. He's not a, 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 um, a user of the sheep. Amen. So we're going to get right into this. We're gonna, I got some short hits for you here. We got John chapter 2 verse 12. John chapter 2 12. Well, they're going to like this one. John chapter 2 12. Not really. <laughs> so John chapter 2 verse 12. If you have a say glory to God. This is Christ going into the um, holy temple. And it reads, After this, he went down to Capernaum, and he and his mother and his brethren and his disciples, and they continued there not many days. And the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem and found in the temple those that sold ox, sheep, and doves, and the changers of money sitting. So this is a problem because this is outside of the church. This is right before you get into the holy temple of God. Okay? And it's a problem because you're not supposed to be selling anything right at the entering to the temple of God. Most churches you go in today, many security, most churches that you go in today, okay, they, um, they have stores and everything set up. Okay? They have everything set up so that before you go in, you can make a pit stop here, make a pit stop there, make a pit stop there. Okay? And um, God's, that's not what the temple of God is for. The temple of God is only for the teaching of God, the healing of the people, and the mercy and the grace of Jesus Christ. That's what it's for, for learning. Amen? Anything else is foul. It's foul. And you have these people who are outside of the temple selling oxen, which are not perfect, okay? God says, I'm looking for a perfect offering, okay? Without blemish, without spot, okay? And they're selling oxen that has spot, that has blemish, okay? And they're selling sheep, which is symbolic of Jesus Christ, the lamb that was slain, with spot, with blemish, and they're selling might-infested doves. You're going to give that to God as an offering? I don't think so. Amen. 
And you have the money changers sitting outside saying, God understands. Let me change your 10%. Okay? Of course, I'll charge you a fee for changing it, but God will understand. It's kind of wrong, right? Ain't kind of, it is wrong. This is why Christ is upset. This is why God's upset. This is why I'm upset. This is why you should be upset. Because this still goes on today. This still goes on. Nothing's changed. Nothing's new under the sun. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, this scourge of small cords is sort of like a um, a whip. That's exactly what it's described as. A whip with um branches. You know how your mom would say to you or your dad would say to you back in the 80s when you could do this? They would say to you, go in the backyard and get a switch because you're going to get a spanking. Okay? And then you bring back the smallest one you possibly can find, right? And then they make you go get a bigger one. So that's what he did. He got a whole bunch of switches, put them together, tied it up, and then he went back in to the temple. Amen? And when he had made a scourge of small cords, a cat and nine tails, he drove them out. He drove all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the, cha the um, changes of money. And overthrew the tables. Now these people were angry. They had to be angry. Because this is their livelihood. Every Sunday. Every day of the week. They're out there. Changing people's money. Okay. God understands. Just give them a little bit. He gets it. He knows. He knows there's rough times. So you come in with the right heart to do what's right. Amen. But then all of a sudden because of the money changers. You're doing what's wrong. Amen. See that? Verse 16. And said unto them that sold doves, Take these things hence. Make not my father's house a house of merchandise. That's exactly what goes on today. It's a house of merchandise. Instead of a house of prayer and blessings. 17. And his disciples remember that it was written, The zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. He's zealous for the Lord. It's like you should be zealous for the Lord. It's like I'm zealous for the Lord. One more hitter. Talking about the same subject here. Matthew 21 verse 12. I want you to get what we're talking about. Matthew 21 12. 21 12. If you have a say glory to God. And Jesus went into the temple of God. And cast out all them that sold and brought in the temple. And overthrew the tables of the money changers. And the seats of them that sold doves. And said unto them. It is written my house shall be called a house of prayer. But ye have made it into a den of thieves. There's your title. And to a den of thieves. This is a problem. It's a huge problem. And the problem has not been fixed at all. Even though these falsehood churches could read exactly how God feels about this. Exactly how Christ feels about it. Because the word of God has been speaking this since Ezekiel. It's been speaking this since Jeremiah. Since Isaiah. This is the New Testament. This is new. There's nothing new under the sun. The same thing goes on today. How could you ignore this as a pastor or a reverend or a reverend or an apostle or a, um, a deacon or whatever? How could you ignore this and just teach it and do what you do anyway? Here we go. Let's go to first. Let's go to John chapter 10. Let's begin this study. John chapter 10. The good shepherd here. Little verses. I want you to see what these money changers are doing, what these people are doing when they're influencing these people. That's that's no 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 um that's no other person but the devil. That's Satan influencing his people to do wrong, influencing his people not to do right. That's what that is. If you're influenced by him, you got a problem. You should be influenced by the Spirit of God, by the Word of God. 
But I was right. So how could you be blessed if you're influenced by the devil? How could you have the blessings of God in your life if you're influenced by the devil? You're not solving the problem. You become a part of the problem. Because now your example's all messed up. No one looks to you for anything. So John chapter 10 verse 10. If you have a say glory to God. Christ speaking. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. It's clear as day, right? The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. People who are not called to teach the word of God, but are appointed to teach the word of God by man, okay? They're thieves. They're not of God. You must be called of God to teach the word of God. Christ speaking, I am come, here's that sacred name of God, I am, in the Hebrew tongue, that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly on a greater scale. See, when you become a part of the den of thieves and you don't do what you're supposed to do and you allow people to influence you, allow life to influence you and you don't realize that it's Satan influencing you, you have a problem. You skip right over the more abundantly. Let me break this down what it means to live a life more abundantly, okay? Life in abundance. To live a life of wisdom, health, prosperity, joy, love, hope, freedom. Your time's important, right? If someone else controls it, you don't have freedom. Because the shepherd, has no, the true shepherd has no reason to steal from you or hurt you. But the thief and his workers do. Satan is the thief and his workers are thieves as well. Christ is the true shepherd and his elect are the lambs and the sheep that follow him everywhere he goes. And they do exactly what he tells them to do. And they live a more abundant life. When someone's not living an abundant life, something's wrong. Something's going on. If you claim to be a Christian. Verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Amen. And he did. He laid down his life. He died on the cross. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd whose own the sheep are not. See if the wolf coming, the wolf being the devil, these false people, and leaveth the sheep and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep, the flock. Completely scatters the flock. He's saying this because he's going to die soon. He won't be around soon. What are you going to do when the wolf come? He's telling you now, I am the good shepherd. Follow my instructions and you'll be fine. 13. The hireling fleeth because he is a hireling. Just a hireling. They have, he has no sense of obedience or no sense of love to the sheep. He doesn't care about the sheep. It's just a job for him or her. That's why he can flee and leave you stranded. Because he is a hireling and careth not for the sheep. Simple as that. Listen, a thief will pretend until he or she can't pretend anymore. What's that saying in the world? Fake it till you make it? Exactly. That's exactly what these people do. Or all the way up until they get caught. A thief will put on a grand show just to keep you coming back over and over again. Someone who's really called of Yahweh and is anointed of God, it's important to that person to be able to take care of the sheep and to make sure they have everything they need to live in life. And the only way to do that is through the blessings of God. Amen. That's just the truth. Let's go to Jeremiah 23. Jeremiah 23. As I told you, God spoke of this before, even, before Jesus Christ even spoke of it. 
Jeremiah 23, verse 1. We're going to read some things. This is God speaking through Jeremiah. If you have a say, glory to God. Glory to God. Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord Yahweh. L-O-R-D, all caps, is Yahweh, his sacred name. So we will say it as such. He's saying, woe. That's not a good woe. Woe be unto the pastors, these false teachers, that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord Yahweh. Therefore, thus saith the Lord Yahweh, God of Israel, against the pastors that feed my people. Ye have scattered my flock, and driven them away, and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit you. I will visit upon you the evil of your doing, saith the Lord Yahweh. He said, I'm coming for you. I want you to see how God takes a dim view on people who teach falsely. How he takes a dim view on people who um, don't teach the word of God correctly and do things on purpose and are evil on purpose. I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries, whether I have driven them. Now, you got to understand something here. This is future. This is future even past us. This is future. Okay, this speaks of after the millennium, after the Antichrist is here, Satan himself, he who comes first, being a fake. That's when Israel will be gathered back to their original country, and that's where Jesus Christ himself will set up his kingdom, and we all will be there. Verse 3, and I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries. That didn't happen yet. That has not happened yet. You see what's going on in Israel today, right? Mm -hmm. Whether I have driven them and will bring them again to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increased. They will be blessed, and I will increase them. That's that life more abundantly that the true shepherd gives, even the true Christ, Jesus Christ himself. And his under-shepherds, those who actually are called by God, this will happen in the future, and I need you to understand that. And I will set up shepherds, there you go, over them, which shall feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord Yahweh. They will not be lacking anything. You got to understand that. For some reason, in falsehood, in falsehood churches, with a thief as the pastor or as the bishop or whatever you want to call him or, the, or an apostle. The people, the sheep lack heavily. Most times. But the thief for some reason always has an abundance. Does that make any sense at all? Hmm? A shepherd is supposed to feed the flock. Amen. That's what a shepherd does. A shepherd feeds the flock. If the shepherds only feeding themselves, you got a problem, a serious problem. People should not be getting evicted going to a well-established church, amen? People should not be... Now, there's two reasons why someone could have a rough life if you go to a well-established church or a church that's not um, teaching truth or a church that is teaching truth. One reason is because they don't do what they're supposed to do when it comes to God. They don't pay their tithes fully or whatever the case may be, okay? The other reason is they're being fake with God. Or the other reason is, they're doing what they're supposed to do in God, but you're giving it to the wrong person. They're not giving to a true shepherd of God. You're going to have a problem either way. 
Either way. You have a problem either way. That's where discernment comes in. And you must discern a false shepherd from a true shepherd of God. Verse 5. When you're in God, you won't be lacking much of anything. Because as it says in the book of Malachi, it says, I will open up heaven and pour a blessing upon you. Here we go. 5. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord Yahweh, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, that branch being Jesus Christ, David being through whom Jesus Christ would come through. From umbilical cord to umbilical cord to umbilical cord, all the way up to David, and then all the way up to Mary, Jesus' mother. That branch, that righteous branch is Jesus Christ. And a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. That's Jesus Christ. Now, guess what? This has not happened yet. You see what's going on in Israel, in Palestine. This has not happened yet. There's war in Jerusalem, and, and America is pretty messed up. The world's pretty messed up. None of this has happened yet, but it's going to happen. Not too far. It's not out of reach. Six. In his days, Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. Now again, you see what's going on in Israel. There's no safety over there right now at all. So you know we're not speaking of right now. And this is his name, whereby he shall be called the Lord Yahweh all righteousness. Another one of God's sacred names. Yahweh Zikanu. In the Hebrew tongue. That means the Lord of righteousness. The Lord our righteousness. Verse 7. Therefore behold the days come. Saith the Lord Yahweh. That they shall no more say. The Lord Yahweh liveth. Which brought up the children of Israel. Out of the land of Egypt. But the Lord Yahweh liveth. Which brought up. And which led the seed of the house of Israel out of the north country and from all countries, whether I have driven them, and they shall dwell in their own land. And you could even add safe, safely there. But again, you see what's going on. And I want to make it very clear that this is not happening right now. I got to keep reiterating that. Nine, my heart within me is broken. Listen to Jeremiah speak concerning God's passion that's upon him concerning the false prophets. My heart within me is broken because of the prophets. All my bones shake. I am like a drunken man and like a man whom wine have overcome because of the Lord Yahweh and because of the words of his holiness. Because of the words of his holiness. It's, listen, it's tough when you have people who won't listen, people who won't get right. I know all about that. When people who will not get right and will not listen, you, it's a problem. It's a huge problem. For the land is full of adulterers. For because of the swearing and the land mourneth, the pleasant places of the wilderness are dried up and their course is evil. And their force is not right. What they're doing is not right, God's saying. It's not, they're not making a difference. And it hurts God. Because now he has to act. Now he has to act. What does repentance do? Repentance brings us back to the Father. Repentance brings us back to Jesus Christ. No matter what you've done, no matter how bad you feel about what you've done, it brings you back to God through Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Okay, And when people don't repent, this is when God feels this way. Because he's like, what are you doing? I got to act now. Just repent. For both prophet and priest are profane. What's new under the sun? 
Yea, in my house have I found their wickedness, saith the Lord. Yahweh. This is God's house. And there's wickedness in it. He, he has entrusted his truth, which is power, to people. To human beings. To people who we thought would be faithful to him, and they are not. Wherefore, their way shall be unto them as slippery. As slippery. Ways in the darkness, they shall be driven on and fall therein, for I will bring evil upon them, even the year of their visitation, saith the Lord Yahweh. I'm going to bring evil upon them. This word evil is more like a zra'ah, but it means calamity even. Calamity. When they think they're going to prosper, they're not going to prosper. When they think they're going to do good, they're not going to do good. 13. And I have seen folly in the prophets of Samaria. They prophesy in Baal and cause my people Israel to error. What is Baal? Baal worship. It's, it's an ancient thing. It's an ancient religion. Baal worship. Baal, they would take children and women and they would sacrifice them to the god Baal. And Israel knows the true God and yet still they're following Baal. How bad is that? It's extremely bad. Watch this. I have seen also the prophets of Jerusalem and horrible thing. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They strengthen also the hand of evildoers that none doth return from his wickedness. They're, they're not putting conviction on anyone. They let people do what they want to do so that they can keep the, the pan going around the room doing that righteous thing. They are all of them unto me as Sodom and the inhabitants thereof as Gomorrah. That's a problem. You know what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah, right? God blew it up. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Adonai Yahweh, in the Hebrew, of hosts concerning the prophets, behold, I will feed them with wormwood. Wormwood is bitterness. You ever seen your life hmm, for a second? Your life, how it, it just, you, it makes you bitter, your life? You ever been so bitter that you just, you're like, why am I so bitter? I'm a sweet person. Why am I so bitter? Hmm. And make them drink the water of God. For from the prophets of Jerusalem, it's profane is gone forth into all the land. It's a problem. It's been a problem. It's going to continue to be a problem. It's going to continue to be a problem. 16. Thus saith the Lord Yahweh of hosts, hearken not unto the words of the prophets. That prophesy unto you. Don't listen to these fools. Don't listen to them. Why are you calling it? I am. Because they're fools. They don't have God. They're not in God. They don't serve God. I can get worked up about this, but I'm not going to. They make you vain. You see what the false teachers do? These den of thieves. You see what they do? They make you vain. Because you got to have the courage, you got to have the strength, you got to have the ability and the wisdom to say, okay, I'm out of here. But if you stay, because they give you freedom to do whatever, because you're they pass that plate around, you put money in it. If you stay, you become vain to God. And that's the problem. Thank God we ain't got that problem here. And don't listen to them. They make you vain. They speak a vision of their own heart and not of the mouth 
of the Lord Yahweh. They don't speak for me. They say still unto them that despise me. They don't correct them. That's what he's saying. The Lord Yahweh have said, ye shall have peace. And they say unto everyone that walketh after the imag their imagination of his own heart, no evil shall come upon you. For who have stood in the counsel of the Lord Yahweh and have perceived and heard the word? Who have marked his word and heard it? Who can teach God anything? You can't teach God anything. All you can do is learn from God, amen? All you can do is learn from God. 19. Behold, a whirlwind of the Lord Yahweh is gone, is gone forth in fury, his anger. Even a grievous whirlwind, it shall fall grievously upon the head of the wicked. He's speaking, remember the subject here. He's speaking of false teachers. The anger of the Lord Yahweh shall not return until he hath executed. And until... He hath performed the thoughts of his heart. In the latter days, there you go, you shall consider it perfectly. You will consider it perfectly in the latter days. You are in the latter days. Right now, 21. I have not sent those prophets, yet they ran. I didn't even tell them to walk in their running. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel and had caused my people to hear my words, then they should have turned from their evil ways and from the evil of their doings. But they didn't do that. They didn't want to do that. Am I a God at hand, saith the Lord Yahweh, and not a God far off? Yahweh said, he's saying, I'm right here. Seek me, not the falsehood. Seek me, not falsehood. Seek my way, not falsehood. Seek my way, not the world. Seek my way. Don't trust a man or a woman. Seek me, he's saying. He's saying, I'm right here. Watch this. Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him or her? Saith the Lord Yahweh. Do I not feel heaven and earth question? Saith the Lord Yahweh. I have heard what the prophet said, that prophesy lies in my name. I changed that, that prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. You've heard that before? Hmm? You've heard the prophet say, the people say, I have dreamed the dream. Hmm? I got something to tell you. Being in, being in business with God and knowing God, being called of God, if God got something to tell you, he will tell you, okay? He doesn't need someone to tell you, okay? If it's personally for you, unless you are disconnected from him. And then his servant's going to tell you. How long shall this be in thine heart of the prophets that prophesy lies? Yea, they are prophets of the deceit of their own heart which think to cause my people to forget my name by their dreams, which they tell every man to his neighbor, as their fathers have forgotten my name for Bell. That's, that's hurtful to our father because God loves his children. God's a, a God that loves hard. He, is, he loves very hard. Just like you want your husband to love hard. You want your wife to love you hard. You want your children to love you hard. God loves harder than that because God is supernatural. He's supernatural. 
And it hurts him when people put things before him. It hurts him when people put another false religion before what's true. And then the people can't even get right because they're having so much fun in the flesh. They can't even get right because they don't know right no more. It's, it's, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. 28 to close this chapter up. The prophet that hath a dream, let him tell a dream. Don't try to say it's the word of God. And he that hath my word, let him speak my word faithfully. Amen. Every Wednesday, every Tuesday, every Sunday. What is the chaff to the wheat, saith the Lord Yahweh? What's the chaff to the wheat? You throw the chaff away. You keep the wheat. Amen. You beat the wheat, right? And then the chaff falls off. Amen. And you throw that, you can't do nothing with the chaff, it's, it's trash, throw it away, burn it, right? So what he's saying is, why are you taking the chaff over the wheat? Are you not thinking correctly? Is, 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 does your elevator go to the top? That's what he's asking. 29, it's not my word like as fire, it is. Shall have been my bones. <laughs> Say if the Lord Yahweh. And like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. Therefore I am against the prophets, saith the Lord Yahweh, that steal my words, every one from his neighbor. Behold, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord Yahweh, that use their tongue and say he saith. I'm against them. They're false. They're not of God. Never have been, never will be. It's a problem. We live in a problem. Yahweh is against these thieves that steal from his children and that cause them not to be blessed of God because they're not discerning. And he causes them, they cause them to go astray from God and cling on to other things. Yahweh is against those false teachers, those false churches that teach in his holy name and they are not called of God at all. They do not have the credentials to teach at all. But do lie, do prophesy to the people but Yahweh is going to make all things right. Glory to God. Let's go to Ezekiel 34. Ezekiel 34. God's promising us a new shepherd. His name is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ has under shepherds. You're looking at one. Here we go. 34. Verse 1. If you have it, say glory to, glory to God. And the word of the Lord Yahweh came unto me, saying, Son of man. That's Ezekiel's name. Prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God. Unto the shepherds, woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves. Here we go. Should not the shepherd feed the flock? I've been saying that to you since we started. Should not the shepherd feed the flock? Right? What you get every Wednesday, every Sunday, or whenever you cut Spotify on, whenever you cut iHeartRadio on, whatever the platforms are. Okay? What you get is pure food from God. Amen? You get pure food from God. If you pick up my book, you get pure food from God. It's not mixed with something else. It's not mixed with kibble. It's pure meat. It's pure pro spiritual protein. Amen? It's going to make you grow. It's going to make you strong. The diseased have ye not strengthened, neither have ye healed that which is sick. Neither have ye bound up that which was broken. Neither have ye brought again that which was driven away. Neither have ye sought that which was lost. But with force and with cruelty have ye ruled them. 
That's not a shepherd. That's a false shepherd. They work fear throughout the church. Screaming, hell's coming for you, hell's coming for you. That's a false shepherd. Nobody got time for that foolishness. Nobody got time. You don't know where hell's coming. Hell, not, hell doesn't even exist yet. Hell just means grave. And they shout these things and they don't know what they're talking about. Verse 5. And they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And they became meat to all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. What do you mean they became meat to the beasts of the field? What's a beast of the field? We ain't talking about a bear or a lion or a coyote or a wolf. We're speaking of criminals here. Okay? We're speaking of criminals. Big time criminals. We're speaking of thieves. We're speaking of people, drug dealers. We're speaking of um, people who supposed to be a chain of support, but they're really foul. But they're really foul. They're really foul. You can't, you can't even park your car today in the parking lot without somebody trying to break into it. There's no safety in that. Amen. You, just, you can't go to the ATM at night without somebody looking at you, seeing what you got in your hand. There's no safety in that. Watch this. My sheep wander through all the mountains. Mountains is translated nations. And upon every high hill. Yea, my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth. And none did search or seek after them. Why? Because they don't care. They're hirelings. Therefore, ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord Yahweh. He's speaking directly to the false shepherds. As I live, this is emphatic. Saith the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey. That don't even sound good, does it? Your flock becomes a prey? That's bad. And my flock became meat to every beast of the field. Because there was no shepherd, neither did my shepherd search for my flock. But the shepherds fed themselves and fed not my flock. What happens when you feed? When you feed your flock? They grow strong, amen. They grow strong physically and spiritually. And they can spot a fake a mile away, amen. There's no deceiving them. Their discernment is up. Is up. When you don't teach them, when you don't feed them, they get scrawny. Okay? They get small. They get they they look like they're withering away. Why? Why? Because there's no substance to their spirit. Your spirit is your thought process. Amen? It's, it's the way you think. And if you're lacking truth, if you're lacking God, you've got a problem. you got a serious problem. And you're going to be a prey to every beast in the earth. That includes falsehood churches. Somebody could even convince you to become a witch or a warlock. These are true things. Verse 9. Therefore, O ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord Yahweh. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hand, and cause them to cease from feeding the flock. Neither shall the shepherds feed themselves anymore. For I will deliver my flock from their mouth, that they may know, that they may not be meat for them. So how does a false shepherd feed themselves? They feed off of whatever the flock has. That's how. That's exactly how. They take, 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 and never give a doggone thing back. And that's a problem. They don't give truth. They don't give the word. When, when something goes on in someone's life and it's bad in the church, and you're supposed to go help, they're not there because they're on their boat. 
that you pay for probably. Okay? They're not there because they're flying around the earth making more money on their private jet. Okay? But the flock needs you. But they're not there. It's a problem. That's called feeding themselves. That's what that's called. For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, that's emphatic, will both search my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day, that he, ha that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of all places where they have been scattered in the country and in the dark day. It's a serious thing, man. It really is. Yahweh knows where his sheep are. He uses his true um, under-shepherds to locate them throughout the world. At, in our case, we push one button and we go across the world. We go across the world. We go to Africa. We go to um, New Zealand. We go to Australia. We go to Hawaii. We go to California. We go to... Um, Denmark, we go to um, the UK, Canada, that's crazy, one button, and we're searching people out, glory to God, <clears throat> without even leaving Connecticut, and I will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries, and will bring them to their own land and feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers and in all the inhabited places of the country. Again, that's future. That has not happened yet. You know what's going on in Israel. I will feed them in a good pasture, the very best. I'm meaning I'm going to get, that's what the word pastor means. He who gives pasture. He who gives the best pasture. And upon the high mountain of Israel shall their folds be. There shall they lie in a good fold, and in a fat pasture shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel, even Mount Zion. It's a beautiful thing. I will feed my flock and I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord God. This is beautiful because um, I like to feed um, livestock when I can. But whenever I do, if I get a wild one who just comes in a yard or like a deer or whatever, and I feed them an apple, okay? A sweet, juicy apple like they like, the deer just lays down. Just lays right down, okay? On his two front um, legs and lay down and I feed me apple just like that. Okay, without him running, without anything. That's called, I trust you. Amen? Amen. That's called, I trust you. It's called, I trust you. That's what sheep do as well. Just like um, at the Bronx Zoo with my kids one year, when they were, they were, they were real little. And um, behind, it was in a big cat section. And behind the cage was a um, cheetah. And the cheetah comes walking up alongside the gate. And it's looking at me. So I look at the cheetah and I go, you gonna let me pet you? You gonna let me pet you? I stick my hand in the gate and I grab the cheetah by the top of his face. And I start rubbing between his eyes and he just goes like that. And he just looks at me and he lays down and he licks my hand and I walk away. Okay? That was a great time. Great time. Don't try that. Okay? <laughs> he may not have a hand. <laughs> he may not have a hand. <laughs> my kids are like, dad, dad. I was like, it's Okay. <laughs> 16. I will seek that which was lost. The reason I brought all that up because I, I want you to see that animals must be comfortable with those who are feeding them and are taking care of them. Sheep 
must be comfortable with those who are taking care of them or feeding them. Humans must be comfortable with those who are taking care of them, who are feeding them. And as an under-shepherd, I'm feeding you the word of God for life, okay? For life. Whether you know it or not, I am a gatekeeper, okay? I'm a gatekeeper, a gatekeeper to heaven. I will keep that which was lost and bring again that which was driven away. I will bring up that which was broken and I will strengthen that which was sick. But I will destroy that fat and the strong. I will feed them with judgment. Talking about these false teachers. I want to feed them with judgment. Hmm. The true shepherd is Jesus Christ. He takes care of things. He makes things right. Helping when needed. Loving when needed. Healing when needed. Giving strength when needed. Correcting when needed. That's what he does. And protecting as well when needed. It's a beautiful thing, my friend. It really is. But the um, the false shepherds, they're going to get judgment. He said, I'm going to feed them with judgment. 17. And as for you, O my flock, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I judge between cattle and cattle, between a ram and he goats. The rams is um, the sheep, okay? The he goats are the goats, okay? The rams are the good. The he goats are bad. Which one are you? Seemeth it a small thing unto you to have eaten up the good pasture? But ye must tread down with your feet the residue of your pastures and to have drunk the deep waters, but ye must file the residue with your feet. So what is God saying here? I'm going to read 19, then I'll explain. And as for my flock, they eat that which ye have trodden with your feet, and they drink that which ye have filed with your feet. So listen to what he's saying. He said, I gave you the clear word of God, pure as day. It's pure. You can see to the bottom, right? You ever been in the river, and, and you see the sand at the bottom, and the water's clear as day? Right? And then you got an idiot who jumps in the water and muddies up the water, right? And you can't see nothing no more, right? Don't you hate that? That pisses me off. Next to be in the river. Makes me mad. The reason I brought that up is because what God's saying is that's what these false shepherds do. They take my word, which is clear, which is pure, which is beautiful, and they stick their hand or their foot all in it and muddy up the water for the people so they can't understand anything at all. And that's a problem, amen. It's a huge problem. We have a problem. We have a problem. It's not like a God problem, but we have a problem. He gonna handle it. Verse 20. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God unto them, Behold, I, even I, will judge between the fat cattle and between the lean cattle. Because ye have thus with side and with shoulder and pushed all the disease with your horns till ye have scattered them abroad. You don't care about them. You let them go. You scatter them. You scatter them. It's, it's not too many days that could go by if I don't see someone or hear from someone in the church and I'd be like, something going on. I got to figure out what's going on, right? Something going on. So I either call or I go check on you, okay? They, they don't care. They're going to call and check on you because they want your tithes. They're going to call and check on you because... They want what they want from you. Amen. That's what they're going to call and check on you for. I'm going to call and check on you because I care about you. 
That's what God would do. He will call and check on you because he cares. Amen. And sometimes you don't want the pastor to know, but the pastor always knows because of the spirit of God. He always knows. So he's going to check on you. be like, how do you know? Because I'm checking on you. That's what God does. He checks on those that he loves. Don't be offended by it. 22. Therefore I, therefore will I save my flock and they shall no more be a prey and I will judge between cattle and cattle. And I will set up one shepherd, that's Jesus Christ, over them and he shall feed them, even my servant David, he shall feed them and he shall be their shepherd. And the Lord Yahweh, and I, the Lord Yahweh, will be their God, and my servant David, a prince among them, and I, the Lord Yahweh, have spoken it hands down. Period. It's going to happen. That is King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. Even, and we know that Jesus Christ comes back as who? Melchizedek. King of Kings, Lord of Lords. The priest. The priest. Praise God. Let's go to Acts 20. We're almost done. Acts 20, 18. If you have a say, glory to God. And when they were come to him, he saith unto them, Ye know, from the first day that I came to Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befall me by the lying in wait of the Jews. They wanted to kill Paul. Fifty people declared to their life. They swore to God saying, we are not going to sleep until we kill Paul. What type of garbage is that? Hmm? That's just evil, right? Yeah, 20. And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you. I taught you everything God gave me. But I've showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. Sort of like right here. Testifying both to the Jews, and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God, and faith to our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Because they're looking for me. They want to kill me. But I go anyway. I go in faith, Paul's saying. Save the Holy Spirit witnesseth, in this city, in every city, saying that bounds and afflictions abide me. Meaning, bounds and afflictions await me because I teach truth, truthfully, from Jesus Christ. That's why there's people waiting to kill me in Jerusalem, but I must go to Jerusalem. But none of these things move me, I'm not afraid. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus Christ to testify the gospel unto the gospel of the grace of God. I have a job to do. I'm going to do it. I'm not letting anyone stop me. Not even a den of thieves. Not even a den of people who want to kill and destroy me. I'm not, I'm not allowing it to happen. Glory to God. And now behold, I go that, read it again. And now behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. The last time. Therefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. I never hurt anyone. I've only done what's right. I, mean, I, I can even put myself in this category. I've only done what's right. It's like a farewell, okay? 
It's like it's like Paul saying, "This is the last time you're going to see me," and it was the last time they saw him. Last time they saw him. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. I, I don't hold anything back from you at all. I give you what God wants me to give you. And you do with it what you want to do with it. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Spirit have made you overseers, bishops in a sense. Okay? Because I'm leaving, Paul's saying. And everything that I've taught you from the Spirit of God, I need you to put into practice. Everything. Amen? To feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Yeah, it was a high price. Jesus Christ dying on the cross. Replacing us. For I know this, that after my departure shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock, trying to scatter you. I know this for a fact, Paul's saying. Also, of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Everyone's trying to make a name for themselves. Therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. And now, brethren, I command you, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified, set aside to do the will of God. I have coveted no man silver or gold or apparel. I, don't, I didn't cheat anyone, Paul's saying, and I'll say the same thing. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessity and to them that were with me. Paul's saying, I never robbed you of anything. I don't take a salary. Paul was a tent maker. He had a tent business. He made tents. Okay, that's what he did. That's how he made his money to live. Some days it was good. Some days it was bad. You know, I'm a businessman. Me and first lady. Okay, this is what we do. We bring our own money in. Amen. Verse 35. I have showed you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak. If there is one thing that I that Paul saying, he said, if there's one thing that I did teach you besides the word of God, I taught you how to give and to donate. Okay? And I, I could actually say the same thing. Okay? Made you a greater donator of life to people, to charities, to everything. To support the weak, and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is blessed, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had thus spoken, he kneeled down and prayed with them all. And they all wept sore and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spake, that they should see his face no more. And they accompanied him unto the ship. Praise God. Praise Paul was truly a worker of God. Truly, truly the worker of God. And um, I got nothing but respect for Paul. And you have most churches. Most churches got a problem with Paul. Well, how could you have a problem with Paul? He wrote 18 books of the Bible, New Testament. He wrote most of the New Testament. How could you have a problem with Paul? But they do. They do. And it's absolutely crazy. He was a true under-shepherd for Jesus Christ. Humble in mind and spirit. Walked in the spirit of Yahweh. And speaking in the spirit, putting Yahweh first in his life and never putting anything before God. And being a great example to the church, we should learn from Paul. 
Okay, not from the den of thieves. Okay, let's go to um First Timothy. One more place after this, and we're done. First Timothy five seventeen. First Timothy five seventeen. If you have a say, glory to God. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor. If you find someone in the church in the truth, okay, who rule well, someone who um is a good example, someone who leads the people, someone who feeds the people with the truth. Okay, let them be worthy and counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. Okay, those are the teachers, the pastors, amen. For the scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. Matthew chapter 10, verse 10, that's where Christ spoke of that. You cannot muzzle the ox. And Paul's just reiterating it to Timothy. Okay? He's saying, if someone is truly called of God to teach the word of God, if someone's called of God to teach the word of God, they have every right to get paid by the word of God. But if they're not called of God and they don't teach the word of God, they have no right to get paid of the word of God. Amen? 19. Again, against an elder receive not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses. Meaning, don't if you think an elder done something wrong, don't just go up to him and talk to him. You need to have witnesses with you, okay? You need to have witnesses with you. Because it's a serious accusation of what someone's trying to put on someone. Most of the time today, it's true, okay? <laughs> I'm just telling you straight up, it's true. The church is foul. The church is foul. It is not right at all. It is not of God at all. I don't know how they could call it a house of God or whatever. It is not of God. It is foul. It is foul. Some, you got some good churches out there. Some. Okay, with good morals, but they just don't, they don't know the truth. Okay? So how good could you be without the truth, though? You know what I mean? Church is good for one thing. It teaches people morals. Okay? If, if they could teach the truth as well, they're blessed. 20. Them that sin rebuke before all, that others also may fear. Do you see the way I run my church in this, right? If, if you do something wrong, I'm going to rebuke you in front of everyone, right? So other people can know not to do the same thing, right? Watch this. I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels, so you know who he's speaking to, okay? The elect churches. That thou observe these things without preferring one before another, doing nothing by partiality. I mean, don't, don't have a secret group of people that you just only chill with. That's not of God. God shows no favoritism to no one. Everything you earn, you earn in the eyes of God. Amen. Lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be partakers of other men's sins. Keep thyself pure. Okay? Keep away from people and their foolishness and their sins. This is an interesting verse because people don't, they don't really talk about what it is, but I'm going to talk about what it is. Okay? Because I like to expose things. So... <laughs> These churches who don't, who do this, play games. They just play games, okay? So basically what he's saying here, lay hands suddenly on no man. You know what that means? 
That means that, as it says in the book of James, if someone's sick, you heal them. You go get the elder, you get the pastor, you get the teacher, you get the bishop, you get whatever, someone with faith. And you say they need the healing, you heal them, okay, in the name of Jesus Christ. Not you, but the Spirit of God, it heals them, right? What this is saying here is, okay, lay hands suddenly on no one. Don't make a show or a circus out of the power of God. You ever watch those falsehood churches on television or you ever been in one where they'll go, be healed, be healed, be healed, and a whole bunch of people fall down? Hmm? That's not of God, okay? That's a circus. Put a 10 on it, okay? That's a circus. And then they all start running around like a bunch of little monkeys, right? It's a mess. It's not of God at all. It's not of God at all. Neither be partakers of other men's sins. Keep thyself pure. Stay away from foolishness, basically. Okay? Churches who... The leaders of churches who do not keep themselves away from other men's sins, how could you help them? How could you, how could you help them? How could you help someone who needs your help if you just gravitate to their sin? You're like, oh, I'm doing it too. What? Who are you? I can tell you who you are. You're not called of God. And don't be in a church that's a circus. 23. I'm um, stop at 22 right there. Okay. If a church plays with the power of God by lining people up in bunches <laughs> and um, pointing at them or waving at them and saying, be healed. Okay, they're not of God and they all fall and they start screaming in their face and they all fall to the ground. That is the most stupidest, idiotic, ridiculous things I've ever seen in my life. It is absolutely unholy. It is not of God. God is not in that. The devil is. Let's go to John 21 to close out. John 21. John 21 verse 2 if you have it, say glory to God. In closing. There were together Simon, Peter, Thomas, called Didymus, Nathaniel of um, Cana and Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into the ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. So they were there from morning till night, catching nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? Question. They answered him, No. And he saith unto them, Cast a net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Now, this is important because... You always fish out of the right side of the boat, no matter what, okay? You always teach with the impression that you're doing what's right, no matter what. Right, 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 period. Christ would say to his disciples, he says, you're fishermen, all his disciples were fishermen, you're, except for Matthew. Um, you're fishermen, but I'm going to make you fishers of men instead of a fish. And it's, it's ironic that the symbol of Christianity, one of the symbols is a fish. It's a fish.
And they drew a multitude, that means all different types of fish, together. Okay? When you do it his way, when you do things God's way, you're going to have a multitude of races. Okay? A multitude of races. From all over. It doesn't matter. And that net's not going to break. Amen? Because we got a pretty big net right now. We really do. And it's only going to get bigger. Glory to God. And we're catching them. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved, this will be John, the one telling the story, saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked. He wasn't naked. They were not in a boat naked. Okay, they had, they had, <laughs> they weren't in a boat naked. Let me explain to you what this means. They, he had no shirt on, okay? But he had his fisher pants on, okay? And did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land. But as it were, 200 cubits dragged the net with fishes and almost sinking into the ocean. That's how full that net was without breaking. As soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid thereon and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. That's a lot of fish. Simon Peter went up and drew the net in to land full of great fishes, a hundred and fifty and three. And all, there were so many, yet was the net not broken. Praise God. First lady's going to read something to you. The number 153 is the specific sum of all the letters and the phrase, sons of God. Also called the bride of Christ, or like Romans 8.14 speaks of, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. What is interesting about the number 153 is that as the total sum of the first 17 integers, like 1 plus 2 equals 3 plus 4, so on, 16 plus 17 equals 153. The number 17 in the Bible symbolizes total victory and resurrection. The completion of time and train change or transformation, it is therefore absolutely revealing that this event actually symbolizes the bride, the Lamb's wife, from Revelations 21 and 9, as well as the role she has to fulfill on earth. It is in this light that we are to understand why Jesus in Matthew 4, 18 to 20 refers to his prospective disciples as fishermen of men. One can then delve into the Bible with this knowledge of 153. And for example, find out that Basileo, the artisan for whom God gave the spirit of wisdom and mm -hmm. understanding to manufacture everything for the tabernacle in Exodus 36, 1 and 2, also has a gematra of 153. His name means the shadow of God. Interpreted, one can say that the sons of God form the shadow of Jesus, the heavenly tabernacle. Hebrews 8 and 5 on earth. Praise God. That is absolutely beautiful. Okay. At least let me simplify it even a little more for you. Okay. So the number 153 is symbolic of the wife of Christ. Okay. His election. And the role they must fulfill on earth before and after the return of the true Christ at the seventh trump. And how they must run a church. Glory to God. Because what does the bride of Christ do? What does the um, wife of Christ do? We prepare for the next wedding that takes place. Glory to God. It's really a beautiful thing.
What a beautiful 153. God's always working. He knows exactly what he's doing. That's why we trust him and not man. 12. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples does ask him, Who art thou? They know. Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. Now before, when he fed the um, 20,000, the 5,000, the 4,000, it was more than that. But when he fed them, He's prayed. He told the disciples to do it. Now he's feeding them. He's feeding them because he's trying to show them. Now I'm feeding you. I'm going to feed you with the Holy Spirit. Okay. And I want you to feed my lambs. Watch this. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples. After that, he was risen from the dead. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, who he gave the keys of heaven to. Remember that. Simon, son of Jonas, son of, son of the dove, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. Now, lambs are baby sheeps. That means all types of lambs. Feed my little baby sheep who only understand salvation. Feed them on the first level. Feed them on the first level of truth. Feed them. Feed my lambs. Now, the reason he's saying this to Peter is because, you know, Peter um, denied him thrice. He denied him three times the night of Christ's crucifixion. He denied him three times, and Peter had a hard time with that, but he finally got over it. He's like, Lord, you know I love you. No, I know you love me, but I need you to do my will. You're the leader of this group. Watch this. 16, he said, feed my lambs. He saith unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, son of the dove, lovest thou me? Question. He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep, an adult sheep. Feed my sheep. You got one level, you got the next level. Okay? That's level two. It's three levels. He saith unto him the third time, resurrection. Simon, son of Jonah, son of the dove. Meaning the Spirit of God. Lovest thou me? Peter saith, Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? Question. And he saith unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Plural. Feed my sheep. Feed them. Feed them all on every single level. Leave no one out. All kinds of people. It's not just for Israel anymore. It's for the world. And I need you to go to the world and feed my people my way, the right way. Not as, the, not as they did when I walked this earth and I had to run people out of the temple of God, which is a den of thieves now. But as I would have you do it in my name, in holiness and in truth and in righteousness. Glory to God. Really I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girded thyself and walkest, whether thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hand, and another shall gird thee and carry thee, whether thou wouldest not. This speaks of um, the death of Peter. Peter would die a death of on a cross just like Jesus Christ, but he would die upside down. He did not want to be crucified right side up like Jesus Christ. He says, I'm not worthy to be crucified in that manner. So therefore, you have to do me upside down. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto them, Follow me. 
and do what I tell you, follow me. It's just that simple. That's how simple it is. Follow me. That's it. Follow me. Do what I ask you. Do what I tell you to do. Love me the way you're supposed to love me. Repent when you need to repent. And I'm going to give you grace. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. Remember to stand in the grace of God because that's where he wants you. God bless you all. I love you all. All going praise to the Father and the Son. I take credit for nothing. In Jesus' name, amen. Were you moved by today's message? Download it now via our website for a donation of $10. Help us sow a seed of truth around the world. Donate any amount today. Thank you and God bless you.